starts with a nod for like, let's start. <laughs> Come on then. That's what they do on TV, isn't it? That's the because it's the secret signal that no one else the, is watching. The international knows. nod. Yeah. So we wanted to talk to you today about the features that all of the successful personal trainers and coaches all share that makes them wildly profitable when they work with us. And we'd love to say that it's all because of our amazing coaching and our amazing systems, but really the system is only as good as the person who's using it. And having worked with, is it 500 online coaches at this point, we are, yeah, like we, we're starting to see the same patterns emerge each time. So we wanted to go through what these features are and some examples, as well as the kind of common mindset and behaviors and decision criteria that they all seem to follow. I do just want to cover something about the system first, because I think it is absolutely, it is the people who use the system that make it effective. It isn't going to, like what we teach doesn't just build you an online fitness business without any work at all. Um, but I think the, the most important part of anything that you follow, even if you don't listen to us and you choose to listen to another mentor or coach, is that there has to be a set of strategies for what happens when things go wrong or don't work. Because it has to be a completely closed loop. So everybody that we're about to talk about had multiple problems along the way when, when getting to the point they're at now. Like they didn't launch their first thing and it worked seamlessly and now they're a testimonial and we're talking about them both of us can recall talking to every single one of them in great detail about various problems and, and and roadblocks they hit along the way. But each of them asked for help. And I think more importantly, that the reason we teach just one funnel, we teach one strategy, one traffic source, one way to coach people, is we have a series of strategies at every single point along that process where when this goes wrong, here's the five things that we think would fix that or when this is happening these are the three things we think you should probably consider so if you are going to follow any model or any system or learn from somebody make sure it isn't just oh do this thing and hope it works and if it does great you're a testimonial if not oh well you've got the wrong mindset right that's not a that's not a system that you can consistently follow for the next decade because things are going to go wrong stuff isn't going to work and you need a series of strategies to fall back on when that does happen but when you put the right person into that system and they have the approaches and the, the mindsets and the the attitudes of the people that we're going to talk about then things really start working yeah that's a really good point like none of these are naturally lucky people like they're not lottery winner type people none of them are big influencers they don't have huge reach and they're not the kind of people that i don't think any of them um have done things in the past where they've just nailed it first time like you do get the James Smiths of these of this world who have this kind of perfect combination of hard work and charisma and the stars aligning and they do really well, but it's not something that you can then package and replicate for another trainer. So these people, nothing went super smoothly for any of them. It never does, but that's kind of the point and that's why we wanted to use these guys as examples. So there's so many and... Um, you know, the, these are just the ones that, that came to mind when we wanted to record this video. But the, the shared characteristic of success with people in this program is actually a lot of this, the same stuff that you will see that makes your fitness clients successful. 
It's how they approach everything. And a lot of these features are learnable and they're pretty global. So to start with, this is Alec. He runs the Human Blueprint, which is a yoga and more kind of holistic um, lifestyle coaching business. And he has been able to sell up his studio and go fully online. Um, it's been amazing for him being able to go traveling and really let, really scale his his coaching offer online. Now he has a kind of a mid-ticket uh, offer, which is the, the model that we coach. And some of the key features with his success are the fact that he is self-aware, he's industrious, he's got a solid offer that is, is going with the flow of what the market is looking for, and he's extremely client-focused. You can see from all of his content down to the way that he coaches people that he is looking to, at the core of everything, solve a problem for his client. I told you it would be simple stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, one of the cool things about Alec in particular actually is, and I think a lot of the problems with testimonials in general is you're considering working with someone or buying from someone or whatever and you see like oh a video of someone saying oh in my first three weeks of working with blah 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 i made ten thousand pounds or whatever and that's great like obviously cash is important businesses run on revenue but the thing that i always wonder is like where are they in 90 days or where are they in a year and alec actually recorded us two videos that there'll probably be a link somewhere around this video in the description to, to go and see them. But he recorded the videos when he first started working with us, when he had success with his, the first time he got his challenge to work with ads and all that sort of stuff. Um, but there's another video from him like a year later where he's at that point that he's just talking about where he has actually sold, sold his studio, does the does online the full time now. Um, but my, my main memory of working with Alec, the thing that sticks out when I think of him as a client is... Um, as you say, how the self-awareness of where his weaknesses were. So I think he's very confident in his, in his coaching ability. He's very confident in his ability to get clients. He's very confident in managing those clients, but he knew when he joined that, you know, the technical stuff. So setting up automations and systems and running ads, that was stuff that was like completely new to him. But now there's actually been three occasions where he's taught me something in an active campaign or in ads. So he's just thrown himself into it and learned these new skills um, by just being incredibly consistent week on week. Yeah, like we, we've we been doing it for a long time, but we don't have this like special secret knowledge. It's just the fact that we've been constantly willing to tinker and experiment and document and test and you know run hundreds of thousands of probably almost a million pounds of, of ad spend at this point over the over the years into getting the most um, high converting funnel and and marketing program to, to share with you guys but this is uh th this is it so you do love to tinker i, I love a good tinker mm. it's my favorite it's gonna get you in trouble <laughs> well tinkering killed the cat so <laughs> so the, the the next one and you, and you can check out all these people you can google them you'll see that they are not super influencers um they're just people who have you know put in the effort and executed a system and to be able to generate enough financial security from having volume of mid-ticket clients <laughs> is mu is a much safer position to sell up your yoga studio because if you're making boom and bust type sales even if you're making 20 grand in one month and then nothing the next month that's not a stable position to sell up your studio because then if things do go tits up you're kind of you're kind of stuck so yeah, this is why you, you don't pay yeah. bills like all in january right like you don't like run your life in january and then the rest of the year doesn't matter um 
And I, I think the, well, everybody we teach is running this like 100 to 200 pound a month offer, getting lots of volume into that offer, building this income stream that, yeah, it changes, but it's not going to go from like five grand to zero to 10 grand to zero. And like, you can't run really your life like that. It's very hard to pay things you know, or forecast what you what you need to pay for, or hire people, or buy new bits of software. If you're not thinking, yeah, it's this much per month, so that is a key important part. In, in anyone looking to leave either their job or offline PT or sell a studio, sell a gym, you want consistency and also predictability in that. Um, it's yeah. it's tortoise and hare, isn't it? And that's why, unfortunately, our system is not very sexy. And, and Johnny actually covers it entirely for free like covers the the full process and you'll be like oh okay i can see how that works and that's just a it's a slow burn we're not going to promise you make 30 grand in the first month but what we can well well we can't <laughs> we can't promise it but um if you if you follow the the system you're much more likely to still be operating in five years time or in 10 years time and that's yeah. that's what we're trying to do for you so the next example and i'm going to go a bit woo woo with you here is nick walsh not because Nick Walsh is a particularly woo-woo guy, but I think one of the big factors in his success is that he is so value-focused. He's one of these people that just has such a positive energy when when you when you speak to him. He's got a really, really good vibe. He's very much an open-circuit thinker. What I mean by that is that... So, probably easiest to describe this as when you know certain people who are kind of closed-circuit thinkers that are like... Oh, mate, you remember that 23 pence that you owe me from last Saturday? Can you like, and, or they're always trying to like get something out of any interaction. They're always trying to, um, seeing everything as transactional and always trying to kind of one up you. Whereas an open circuit thinker puts out positive vibes into the world and just trusts that over time that is going to build up some, some good points. Um, and so it's the kind of, you know, that uh, David Hawkins talks about this in his book, Power Versus Force. And it's the same as it's the same attitude as if you give someone a gift without expecting anything in return versus giving it as a kind of transactional thing and then crossing them off the off the Christmas list if they don't give you one and that kind of um, that kind of thinking point scoring. I think that stands out online because sadly, I think a lot of what people are taught is or it, it's because of the the marketing advice and the sales advice is focused on making a sale right? It's very easy to fall into this trap of, and people will even ask us this question, like, am I giving too much away for free? Or like, am I, it, is my content too helpful? Like, are people not going to buy from me? Um, you never want to be too helpful. Oh, no. Goodness me. God, for heaven's sake, no. Absolutely. It's the last thing you want to help too many people. That'd be terrible. <laughs> but um, yeah, like if you, if you feel like, oh, well, I can't give that away because that person's not paid me or I don't want to help that client because they're not paying me enough. And you have that sort of mindset and that approach to it. It does just put the brakes on because somebody else is going to be willing to do that. Essentially, like if someone can't get the free information from you, they'll go elsewhere. They'll go to YouTube. It's not really the problem at the moment for people is not the lack of information. It's lack of the integration of that information or the lack of accountability. And so, yeah, something that Nick is absolutely one of his strengths is just as much value as possible, as much help as possible. And that tends to reflect in sales and revenue, which you're right, is this, you know, what you put out to the universe, the universe gives back is a bit woo-woo. But I think there is something to that. And the more practical application of it is, 
if you're trying to hold all your secrets to you know close to your chest and you don't want to give stuff away for free or you don't you don't want to go above and beyond to help people that's unlikely to have a, a long-term benefit for you it's only really likely to serve against you if someone exactly as you say if someone wants macros and you go oh well i'm not gonna give them macros because they might just go away and do them hmm. they're just gonna google it they're not gonna they're not gonna come back to you for coaching and if you do like we've had so many cases where we've just got messages from people we reply not trying to pitch or anything just kind of because they've asked us a question in earnest and we'll send them some advice and then six months later a year later they'll come back and be like do you know what you guys are so helpful or if you offer help to somebody and then you stick in their memory as oh i remember that guy was he he was really really helpful or took a bit of time to to talk me through this then you're of course going to be the first choice when it comes to them to be ready to buy and you can't always force a sales process like you can have the best converting funnel in the world but if someone's just not in the right position to buy you can't kind of drag them through it you might just have to give them a couple of weeks and then when it when it's the right time for them you're just the obvious choice. It's the hardest. It's the hardest thing to um, convince someone of that they can't do it on their own, right? Because currently they think they can, and so trying to change someone's mind about that, it can be done. Like you can make a logical argument as to why they'll run into problems, but if you take this approach of like, I'm not going to give them macros or I'm not going to answer that question because then they'll try and go and do it on their own and that won't work. Like just going to go and use our free calculator or download one of our free programs, try on their own and then realize in six months, I couldn't do it on my own now. I need help. And as you pointed out, like who are they going to go to at that point? They're going to go to the person who didn't just try to get every possible penny from them at every possible option, at, a, at every possible turn. They're going to go to the person who helped them for free or was just honest with them, helpful, um, gave as much free information as they could. One thing that might help if you're stuck in this mindset or if you heard that and you, there's bits of it that resonated with you <clears throat> is just to remember that, that people don't pay for pure inf information. They pay for the implementation of it. And so you can give away as much information as you want to pretty confidently because it doesn't mean people are going to run away and, and just do it on their own. Some people will. And you know what? That's fine. That's why you're here is to help people. And then the ones who do want more help, they'll come to you. So increase your reach by being useful overall, accept that you will help tens of thousands of people or hopefully millions of people. And then a small subset of that will want to sign up for the premium version. Just to go a bit more woo-woo again with this, I kind of think like the reason that you're trying, uh, the reason a lot of people want to go online, while they may not necessarily say it, is they do have this desire to like they feel like they have a lot of stuff to, to share and they want to help as many people as possible with it rather than just the 30 clients they see week to week or the people that are in their town, right? And obviously online is a great way of doing that. And I think the best thing, uh, one of the best things about online is you, you are going to interact with a, a ton of people who can't afford to work with you. And no matter what you do, no matter how good your sales and marketing is, you just can't help them, right? Or they can't afford your fee, whatever you decide that is. And so as long as you're making enough sales, like as long as you're hitting your revenue targets, as long as your business is growing or whatever your goals might be, it, what a great side effect of running your business than to have this like body of free information 
that's more valuable than your competitors, that's as, as much as you can give away practically for free to help the people who can't afford to work with you. And it's the reason why we have 100 plus podcast episodes or however many hours of stuff on YouTube or why the video, for example, that Yusuf mentioned, like people will say, why do you teach us so much in that video for free? It's like, well, the people who want to work with us are still going to want to work with us after watching the video. Like, you know, they're not going to watch the video and go, oh, I've got everything I need now to, to build a, a business that's going to last me a decade. Obviously, there's more to it, but there'd be no use in hiding our model or hiding what we do, right? Because what if someone watches it and it does help them? It's a side effect of doing it. So if you, what something that Nick does, the reason he's been able to do this, the reason he's been able to sell his gym and work online is this approach to it. It's, this, it's that attitude of focus on the value, helping people, not trying to just make money at every possible turn. Obviously you need systems to generate sales and cash, but having this view of like, it'll probably happen anyway, as long as I focus on giving as much value as I can. It's actually great news because if it was the case that people just wanted the workout program or the spreadsheet and they'll go away and do it, there would be no market for coaching. Yeah. God, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> so next we have Kat Butterfield. So she is a yoga teacher who has moved on to kind of a, a low to mid ticket online offering. And it's pretty simple. In her case, she's got a great offer. There is existing demand for yoga. So she's not trying to reinvent the wheel. She is redirecting existing demand into a product that is well delivered. And she just sticks to the program. Like if you have a if you have a client that sticks to a program, they're eventually going to get results. And so she stays stupid, which is I mean that in the most affectionate way because <laughs> we always tried to be too clever in 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 the past, and it was always when we got ourselves in the way and we tried to have bright ideas of our own that we ended up going off course. And when we followed an established system and just stayed stupid, put the blinders on, separate planning from execution, and just do the thing the results are always predictable. It's the, I, I get it's, it's something that Alec and Nick have as well, right? Like both of them didn't go through the first three weeks of the program and then put their own spin on it. And that's not to say that like, there's no room for flexibility in what we teach, but I'm sure you have this same feeling as a coach that probably one of the biggest frustrations you have is, is the client who checks in, who says like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do day four. Cause I kind of thought, well, my, like, you know, I felt a bit tired and my knees hurt. And actually I had a high calorie day on Friday as well, because I was just far too hungry. Right. They're just, they're over intellectualizing it and thinking, oh, well, I know better. I'm going to override the program. And, and lo and behold, those are also the people who don't get the results. That reminds me, actually, I've, um, I've stopped my leg days now because I play five-a-side football with the lads on the weekend. <laughs> so I think I don't need to train legs really. So it, it, what we mean, this is exactly what we mean, we mean by staying stupid, right? The, the stupid person, not the cat's stupid, not that any of these people are stupid, but what the stupid person would do is think, well, no, that, the program says this. That's, so that's what I need to do. Right. And I think having that approach to it, while obviously asking questions, asking for help and applying like a reasonableness lens to it is those are the people who 12 weeks in are like, oh yeah, here's the, here's the clients I generated from my second or third run of the 14 day challenge. And you're like, whoa, Kat, where did that come from? But the clever hat is when you're planning and then you take it off and then you put on the stupid hat when you're in the sprint and you just do what you need to do. Well, the step beyond that is 
just buy the thing to follow, right? Like the reason that ProPin business is laid out in the way that it's laid out is it's very particular in the order, the way that we explain things, and we which we try to remove the the overwhelm that happens from like realistically there's there's a hundred plus things you could do at any one time to try and build and run your online business so you need the guardrails up and you need someone to say like yep it's okay you're going the right direction yeah yeah keep going yep it's going well keep going but once you've got that structure it's just about being consistent and applying discipline and just completing the steps not completing steps one and two and then going off on a little story that you made up yourself before doing step three, it's just doing the steps and getting to the end result. And Kat did that incredibly well, which is why she yeah. got the results she did. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Tom O'Hagan from Grapple Machine. And his offer is fighting sports. And basically, this man knows fighting sports. He's already in a kind of established figurehead in that industry. He's not got a massive following, but he's known in that industry. He's credible. He walks the walk. He's a fighter himself. And so as a result, it means that he really knows his niche. And so he's been able to create a product with an excellent product market match. And that's 90% of the, the battle. Because if you're operating in a niche that you know well, and there's demand for it and you can and, and because you know it well you're able to serve that niche really well all of the kind of pragmatic stuff and the all of the delivery and all that kind of stuff just becomes so much easier it's i think that when people think about niche so like people will have seen us talk about tom before and they go like oh do i need something really specific like to work with mma athletes to make online coaching work like that's not that's not why Tom was successful. It's not because he worked with, he, he helped guys in MMA increase their strength. He was successful with it because he'd been in that position, solved the problem that they're having intimately and, and knows like what's going on in, inside someone's mind when they're in that position. It's the stuff that isn't obvious, right? No one, yeah, people might be in a group that is full of MMA athletes or guys who do MMA semi-seriously, but you can't log into the group and, read everybody's thoughts, right? You can't like do a, a, a niche exercise and learn the contents of someone's mind if you've not been in that position before. And so Tom had been in that position himself, worked with a lot of guys who were in that position closely. And even stuff like, I remember when we were setting his pricing, we, we discussed him having to adjust his pricing down a little bit because he knew that all the guys he'd be working with would have all have two gym memberships which is something I didn't know. So like all of them are going to have their MMA gym and their like pure gym, David Lloyd, whatever. And he also knew that a lot of them had a, a rough tolerance for what they would spend on this part of their life. So this was all stuff that, that Tom brought to the table when we were working with him. Like our, our role in working with a coach isn't to give you the sort of behind the scenes knowledge of the person you want to help. Like that's your expertise. That's what we're putting into the framework for you to then distribute and help people with. But he had so much of that that it was just arranging the pieces on a chessboard, really. And and that's if you if you serve a prior version of you or someone very similar to you or solve a problem for other people that you solved for yourself in the past or for clients in the past, you, it's just the marketing so much easier, the sales are so much easier, the delivery is so much easier because you've just done it before. So you just have to but, teach other people to do it. This is why we would totally fail if we were to try and offer a product for. Um, combat athletes because we, we we don't know that niche and so we'd end up pricing it wrong we'd deliver it wrong all this kind of stuff and so you're immediately at an advantage if you have intimate knowledge about 
the people you're working with. And it's why we always slate the idea of the 25-year-old single with no dependents trainer who's always always been in good shape, great genetics, and starts working with single mums in their 50s because that's where the money is, they think. Because you don't know the first thing about them. You, don't, you have, can't empathize with them at all. So unless you're a bit of a weirdo and you have some specialist knowledge about the life of Margaret, then pick a niche which is you, but a couple of chapters ago. So maybe just to really prove this point, you and I should try and launch like a, an MMA grappling program just to prove that it was Just to work. watch it flop. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I can just wrestle and grapple in a video and then sell the program at the end. I'm, I'm keen if you are. I think there's definitely demand. It might be demand for from the wrong audience, but we can we can give it a go. Sales a sale, end of the day. <laughs> We're saying that because in the past, we years ago, our YouTube subscribers went from 500 to 1,000 overnight. And we got loads of messages, people saying like, oh, guys, can you do more videos about um, you guys oiled up wrestling each other and we'll sponsor your supplements and we want to see more more wrestling like, so someone offered to send us like Amazon vouchers um, for, to buy supplements and protein powder if we wrestled each other. It covered an oil and sent it to them. Write in the comments below whether or not you think we did it or not. <laughs> what, what, whether we wrestled or posted it ourselves onto either. either. Fair enough. I think if you're going to do it, you might as well send it. <laughs> yeah, it was all your fault, Johnny. I mean, it was a picture of Johnny posted on hot teen muscle hunks forum that hang on you the way you phrased that makes it sound like i posted a picture of myself on hot teen on hot teen muscle hunks.com i was just doing yeah, to, a deadlift to clarify, johnny was the victim in this he didn't he didn't actively participate mm. someone so, somehow got a hold of this footage don't know where from and presumably they'd been sent it by i don't know who it could have possibly been and then, <laughs> and then suddenly, I went viral for the wrong reasons. I've got over it now, though. So luckily, the Amazon supplement vouchers helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so final things. We want to cover the, the key actions that all the successful coaches in the program take and also the key mindset habits that these people have. So we've covered this briefly, but just to kind of lay it out, the first one is leaning into your strengths. This is done with the specialist knowledge you have about your niche, but also things like the type of content that you do, the way that you sell. If you're naturally someone who's a bit shy, not very good on camera, don't like the sound of your voice, but you're a really good writer, don't try and do YouTube and podcast as your main content sources. Like You're making it difficult for yourself. You're increasing the friction to getting consistent content out there. If you are like us and you love talking to a camera uh, to be honest we, we don't actually love it but um, <laughs> then lean into what is comfortable and what you can do consistently so we've had people who will do our 14 day challenge which again go watch that video if you want to um, learn about what that is and how it works but people will see that and go up oh, i don't want to do video or i don't feel comfortable on video or i don't have somewhere to shoot video or even like as you have said i don't i just don't like how i come across that way I think that's probably a skill that you'll build over time, but completely fair enough in the, in the early stages if you don't want to do that. We've had people do written versions of it, email versions of it. It's not necessarily how 
the information is presented. It's what you say and who you're saying it to and the, the sequence of that information. So as long as someone on the other end of a screen is able to consume the information, it'll still work. So it's about leaning into what you're good at and not putting yourself in a position where like you're forcing a video for the sake of it and then not liking the outcome. And fortunately, on that note, a good offer atones many sins. So you don't get more points for entering a really difficult, saturated market. You know, make it easy for yourself. And actually, if you do that, it's you're cycling downhill and it's much easier. So picking something, even if it means niching to two or three levels and making making it as easy as possible for you to make sales for yourself. This is why we take the mick out of people who try and do fat loss for busy professionals because it's not really a niche and everyone's trying to do that. Yeah, and as soon as you're trying to help the two people or solve two problems, I should say, then it is immediately half as effective for each one of those people, right? Or each one of those problems. So a, a common um, like pitfall that I think a lot of people have or, or uh, a common mistake that a lot of people make either right when they start working with us so we have to steer them away from or something that they've already tried is it's like, oh, I couldn't possibly just work with this person or just solve that problem because that's too specific or that's I'm narrowing my market so much. But a good offer is actually just solving a very specific problem for a specific person. If you get those things lined up, then someone will see your ad or see your post or see your program and go like, ah, that's the thing I've been looking for. So getting that right is so important. Um, and as you said, it can it can make up for lots of errors in other parts of the business and everything can still work. It's unlikely to be too specific. Like, good luck trying to find a problem that only one person in the world has. Yeah. Um, there's a game called Google Whacking, I think, or something like that. I think it's impossible nowadays because Google's just so big. But the object of the, the, the game was to find a Google search term that only produces one result. Wow. And it's really hard. <laughs> which just shows that even if you think it's hyper-specific, if it solves the problem effectively and you can market to that, give it a go. It's. I think it's like a... I think this comes from an, an offline way of thinking. So I think uh, coaches will be used to operating in their town or in their city or in their gym and they see there's so many people in the gym that they could work with and there's, this, there's that many other trainers... And that if I said to them, you can only work with people who are between the ages of 28 and 29 or 36 and 37. Yeah, or, they'd be like, whoa, like, no, there's no way I'd fill my coaching roster like that. But I had to look this up for a webinar the other day. There were, I think Instagram has 2 billion monthly active users right now, just Instagram, right? So then you think, well, how many online clients would I need? So if people are paying £100 a month and I want a really sustainable, like comfortable living, let's say I had 70 online clients firstly people normally people panic and think well i couldn't work with that many it's a separate problem but if you had 70 paying 100 pounds a month seven grand a month 70 80 grand a year and then think of the percentage that 70 is of two billion you think well really like is the problem that like that there aren't enough people that have that problem almost certainly not right it's just that we we're used to thinking about things in the way that we normally deal with them. So in the context of your gym, your town, your city, I completely get it. It seems too specific. But as soon as we're moving online, because of even just one social media platform, the, the available reach, the available number of active users, 
the more specific you are with the problem you're solving, the person you're trying to solve that problem for, the more you'll stand out in what is ultimately a, a huge, very busy market. But if you narrow that down, you remove the friction between you and the end customer. So the, the next action that the successful coaches have is that they turn up and they hit a single. So what I mean by that is that it's not that they, they punch an unmarried person, but it's that they... <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist the dad joke there. But they turn up and they just do one module each week. They have a single target for each week. They're not... The, the people who do terribly are the people who do the opposite of this. They do nothing for months and then they, they're like, right, I'm going to have a massive action day because I've watched a Grant Cardone motivational video. And then they try and just do loads of stuff in one go and then nothing again. And what would you say to your fitness clients? You can't go in and just trash yourself, trash every muscle group in the body in a six hour gym session and be like, right, that's me sorted for the month. There's something that Chris Brown, um, Chris Breezy, said on Instagram recently, um, which is, it was something like every day with, with most of the things you do in your business, like you have a really productive day, you take loads of boxes and you feel like you've made loads of progress. And the next day you wake up and you're at zero again, and you've got to like build that momentum back up and take those boxes again. And the next day you wake up and you're at zero again. And it's like, you're renting success, I think was the phrase. So like this idea that you can't just do all of it on Monday and then expect things to run. Like there are things that, especially when you're in the building phase of stuff. So when you're, you're trying to get your business up and running and get your customer level to a critical mass and build your program and build your systems, it's very unlikely you're going to do that in a week or a month. And if you look at it like that, the people who think I'm going to have this big day, this big day, this big push, they're just viewing it in the wrong way. And interestingly, those are also the sort, the sort of people who tend to have these really lofty financial targets so one of the questions we ask on like enrollment calls into propane business to kind of try and screen for this is like what are your expect like what are your financial expectations for this and actually the people who say like oh you know what like 500 a thousand pounds a month those are the people who by far exceed those targets and, and make way more than that and the people who say oh well i should be doing at least 100 grand a year in year one those are also the people who tend to have a week of effort and then it drops off. So being extremely yeah. consistent over a long period of time, unfortunately is the, like the unappealing truth, right? And the same thing you tell your clients who are thinking about doing the, the 14 day detox diet, right? You tell them it's calorie balance and progressive overload. Probably it's the same with business. Absolutely. So success action number four, and I'm not going to say too much about this because we cover it more in the in the mindset features, is that they are action biased. When it when there's a choice between thinking about something and just having a go, just doing a minimum viable version of, of it, just having a punt, they'll always go for that. Finally, action number five is that they're always working on the bottleneck in their business. Some of that is you, you need a coach to help identify what is the bottleneck in my business because a lot of the time one of the common problems we have with people that we work with is like god i don't know where to start i've like i've got this amount of time to spend on my business and i don't really know how to allocate it and what to be doing and for the last six months i've been spending it tweaking my uh my pt hub to have the, the nice colors and i've been making loads of those swipey instagram carousels and i'm not getting any clients or you know they're, they're doing the work but they're not they're not allocating it in the right place 
Whereas with a bit of objectivity, you can say, okay, let's look at my business as a whole, as a big picture. Where am I most deficient? Is it the ability to gain new leads? Is it the ability to close those sales? Is it my capacity to coach the number of clients? Or is it my personal productivity in my software? I think that one's extremely difficult to do on your own. Like I, I think we even like we've been through that exercise so many times, hundreds of thousands of times, and we still get caught up in like the thing that we feel personally most invested in or most that is most important. But we'll speak to a coach. We'll just go. You just need to do this. And like, oh. <laughs> yeah, every time, and it's and quite oh. often it's stuff that we we hadn't considered, and mm-hmm. the coach just sees it so obviously, and we're like. Oh, There's yeah, always that reaction it. as well, isn't there? Surprise, the, surprise. The number of calls you and I have been on when we go like, oh, you know, stuff stuff that is, as soon as someone said it to you, it's immediately incredibly obvious. But you get so caught up in the like, the the font that you're using on your Canva infographics or the color scheme of your brand or should your, your logo be a triangle or a square? And then you, like, it takes someone else to just say, look, like, you haven't got any leads over the last month. And while it me, even us talking about it, it sounds obvious, you'll have that problem in your own business right now. It just won't be immediately obvious to you because you, you get caught up in the stories. So I think having ob- objectivity either from a coach or friends or family member, whatever, someone who's not emotion as emotionally invested in the outcome as you, who understands it enough to be able to look at things and say, that's where, that's the problem. Super helpful. So that's it for the actions now we have four key things about the mindsets of the successful coaches that causes them to smash it. The first one is knowing when to switch gear. So quite often, there's two scenarios. You could either be turning up, hitting a single, so punching an unmarried person every week, and you keep finding new unmarried people and punching them and you're not getting anywhere. And you could do that for years and not make any progress with your business. Alternatively, You could be turning up and metaphorically hitting a single, doing some daily action towards your business. You're building out some, building out your email automations. You're working on your your 14-day challenge sequence. You're working on your marketing and you're compounding. And over time, that then starts to go vertical. And it's about distinguishing between, are you hitting a single or are you punching an unmarried person? And it's knowing when to change gear or when to say, oh no, this is the right action. I just need to stick to it for a bit longer. So some of that is having faith in the process that you're, that you're following. You know, we, here's an example of it for us. Like we are trying this new YouTube strategy, as you probably will have noticed these, these kind of conversational videos and we're not expecting viral growth within two weeks. We know this is the kind of thing that you might not be. <laughs> we, we know that most successful YouTube channels, like to hit 10,000 subscribers, the average um, person has posted 500 videos. To hit 100,000 subscribers, the average po- they've, they've posted on average 1,000 videos or 2,000 videos. So it is just a, a case of knowing when the right actions compound and knowing when to shift gear. And part of the like how do you know whether you're doing the right thing or not is linked to like a, a higher level understanding of why you would even do that in the first place. Because again, like as I said before, 
there are a hundred things you could do. Like we could have applied this strategy to TikTok or um, offline flyering, for example. <laughs> like it's endless, right? So picking the strategy, picking the direction, I think you should actually put just as much thought and care into that as you do into like, what color lighting do I use or what camera lens do I buy or all that sort of stuff because it's understanding like, okay, we're doing this as part of a bigger strategy, as part of the business as a whole. We understand where it fits in. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then the business is still intact. But again, we, we encounter so many clients or before they come clients who've been, for example, posting on Instagram every single day for 90 days because they were told to, even though it was fairly evident at day 60 that their following wasn't growing, they weren't generating any leads, and it was just a lot of work for the sake of it. So it is a fine balance, but I think part, part of that comes from why am I going to pick this strategy and what are the success criteria for it? And actually, when am I going to, when am I going to switch gears? Yeah. Are you working towards something that has compounding results or are you going down the wrong path? Yep. And knowing whether abandoning something that's going down the wrong path is truly that, or if it's just shiny object syndrome and you're just looking for the the one secret marketing hack that doctors don't want you to know. And so these guys, they think in bets. They work they work on prob- probabilities when they're iterating on their, their challenge. They're always running tests and they don't see any particular launch for a product as a success or a failure it's always about what did i learn from this what can i tweak how can i improve the conversion for next time and just iterating on that it's it's really the like at the end of a lot of the webinars we run where i talk about like should you work with us or should you not um the thing that i say is like realistically if you say what go and watch that video that demonstrates everything as much as we can give away for free you could take that and think, all right, I'm going to do this on my own. Like, I'm going to give this a really good go on my own. What does that process look like? It's just running a series of experiments. So it's just taking some parameters, testing them, taking the emotion out of it, looking at the results, saying, okay, well, based on these results, I'm going to change this one thing and I'm going to run the experiment again. And you keep doing that over and over and over again. The question is like where you want to start your experimentation from. I think like what all our all our clients are doing is they're taking that attitude, which is ultimately like how you succeed in anything, but from the like the platform of our ten years of experiments, I guess. So like really all all propane businesses, all our coaching and mentoring is is just here's our ten years of us doing that, packaged into these modules, this system, this information, our help. You can take that as a starting point and then experiment away. And at least you've saved 10 years of your life. Um, but <laughs> what a what a sales pitch. But yeah, I think the, the, the key thing is really, um, there isn't really a way to fast track that, I don't think, aside from obviously like learning from somebody else, but learning on your own or doing it on your own, it is, it is just a series of bets. Like, I think pretty sure this is going to work. I'm going to test it. If it doesn't, then change one thing and, and rerun it. Mindset number two is not overthinking. So we talked about being action biased and staying stupid. This is it, just not getting in your own way because so many people will sit on the fence trying to craft this perfect program and they won't launch anything, they won't post any content, they won't run any ads to anything because they, they want to make sure they, they're always putting it off because they're perfectionists. And I totally understand the perfectionist mindset, but 
it's getting in your way. And the only way you can get something better is by battle testing it. So it doesn't matter if it's rubbish to start with. It doesn't matter if you think that it could be better. Just start doing it, start posting, and then you can iterate. Because without that, you're not getting any data from those tests. You're just, you know, stuck in the brain garden um, thinking about something that may not have any result. Next is mindset number three. They do the high yield tasks first. So the people who are most successful go through the program and they know not to spend three hours shopping for the perfect branch chain amino acids and um, worrying about their ankle mobility and being really caught up with the protein timing. And so in, on the business side, it's not getting caught up by trying to like get the perfect header for your website and um, just over-optimizing for your MyPT Hub personalized dashboard and getting the latest app and all this stuff because they know that until I'm getting consistent clients and sales, then all of this is academic. The, the difficulty is that, for example, with a logo, like we, we cover that in our program. Like you kind of have to, right? It's part of a business and we can't lock that until someone's hit a certain criteria. There's just a guided, there's a recommended sequence that we recommend going through things. But you, you do sometimes see it where someone will get through part of the process of like the highest yield thing, which is ultimately building your customer acquisition process, your customer acquisition system, the 14 day challenge, getting clients through the door. But there's a lot of stuff that comes up, comes up with that, like the emotion of what if it doesn't work? What if people don't like it? What if people criticize me? And actually the logo that I design, well, that's not going to criticize me. I'm not going to fail to achieve my logo. So people tend to default, default to that. So yeah, the focusing on the highest yield tasks first are the people who six weeks in have launched the challenge twice and hit their client target already and maybe don't even have a logo. Yeah, it's it's very comfortable to get caught on week one and, you know, tweaking your logo for ages and make it perfect because it's safe and because you but we'd prefer that you were just running tests with your marketing and getting new clients and not having a logo at all than having the most world class logo but you're still stuck in your head. And then final thing is knowing what to outsource. So these are all people who have run their tests, they've got money into the business, they've been successful after three, four months. And then what they're faced with is, I've got a certain amount of cash and a certain amount of time. How do I free up as much time as possible? And so they start to turn a lot of their business actions into processes, into systems that they can then automate. Or if they can't automate, they start delegating to personal assistants, um, virtual assistants, or to new team members and new coaches. The way that we, the way that we teach things lends itself to that. So everything is a, a system or a flow that is like, has a set of steps. And I think it, it is difficult as a coach to start to outsource things or even as a business owner to start to outsource things because you want to do it all on your own. And realistically, someone else is not going to do it a hundred percent as as well as you could. But understanding that that time, if you take the time that was perhaps clearing your email inbox or managing one of your client groups or doing some of the more 
sort of lower skilled admin, giving that to somebody else means you can then add material to your program. You can then add one-to-one -one coaching slots and ultimately make the business function better. It is a it is a mindset shift to be able to do that, but the people who do end up in a, a much better position long-term. The great quote that I read, I can't even remember who said it now, but it was, find someone who can do what you do at 70% of the success, teach them the extra 10% and just be okay with 80%. Because when it's 80% as good, you can then leave that process and focus on the core profit drivers. So that is it. This video was longer than expected, but we have covered the successful makings of an online coach. If you're interested in the entire process and actually the, the system that we're talking about, then it's all covered here. If you feel like you've seen enough, you'd like to just discuss this with us and you'd like to speak to me, Yusuf, Alex, one of the team about potentially working with us, we have a pretty broad range of programs pretty broad range of prices. So you can click the link below, schedule a time that works for you, and we'll go through all the details on that call. Cool. Otherwise, if you're scared and you don't want to talk to us, <laughs> then you can see the entire system laid out here in Johnny's video. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.